Imagine you gave a dollar a day to a worthy cause, but you did it along with thousands of Jewish people around the globe, and you all donated to one cause every single day. Thousands of your $1 bills pulled together towards one cause daily. What's the impact of your dollar then? You don't have to imagine it. You can and should do it by joining Daily Giving today. Head over to dailygiving.org and become a daily giver today. That's dailygiving.org. Jewish Money Matters, episode 349, Lessons in Entrepreneurship with business coach Natalie Garson. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. Unique brilliance has two characteristics. One is that you would do it for free, and two is that you never get tired doing it. Mm -hmm. So when you scale and you start getting tired, of course, we're all tired, of course, but I'm saying like tired that... Tired like... Like you want to break the, the business. Like you don't, you don't have the motivation right. to continue. Not tired. You want to go to sleep, right? right. And and uh, so when and and if you wouldn't do it for free, of course, don't do it for free. But if you yeah. wouldn't do it for free and you don't and you get tired from it, then it's not the right direction. But like mm-hmm. you said, sometimes you have to get to that stage to be able to say that's not that's not exactly where I want to be. And in scaling, every direction takes you far mm-hmm. because. You don't just, you know, have one other client. You build a whole system and you hire three people. Right. So so then the consequences are, you know, proportionate. You just heard from CEO of Born to Do Business and founder of the Global Network for Jewish Women Entrepreneurs and Leaders, Natalie Garcon. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. My guest today is a powerhouse with great energy. You'll hear her speak very frankly about her journey from corporate life to entrepreneurship. Natalie and I talk about the challenges and lessons learned in scaling her own business, the common themes she sees in her work as a business coach, the difference between between the startup and the scaling stages. I enjoyed the mystifying um, and reducing the romance, I guess, around these processes and the journeys, uh, the entrepreneurial journeys with Natalie and acknowledging both the challenges as well as the tremendous reward. How do money blocks and limiting beliefs show up in our businesses? And get this, there's one that so many of us have inherited just by virtue of having been trained and used to corporate life. Listen up to learn what it is. And of course, how and why did Natalie end up also adding to her workload running a nonprofit, the global network for Jewish women entrepreneurs and leaders. Buckle up for Natalie Garson. Natalie Garson, welcome to Jewish Money Matters. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Wow, I'm so happy to be here, Yale. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm so excited. and I'm so grateful. I'm catching you right after you've launched this incredible Global Network Leadership Summit, which we'll talk about very soon. Um, and you're so gracious to come on the show right on the heels of these amazing conversations you've been having on the podcast. Just to brag a little bit about you, you're the CEO of Born to Do Business, the founder of the Global Network for Jewish Women Entrepreneurs and Leaders, and a fellow podcast host. You're the host of the Jewish Women Entrepreneurs and Leaders podcast. So thank you for being here. Before we get to 
your work and your nonprofit, the Global Network for Jewish Women Entrepreneurs and Leaders. I want to go, Natalie, through your own journey towards entrepreneurship. You had a corporate job, uh, I think a pretty nice one. What happened? What led you to go on your own? What was the impetus for that? Wow, I love that question because I'm sure that it's uh, a question that a lot of people, you know, wonder about. Like, why would you leave a corporate job? So I have been in Israel for 20 years. And uh, for those of you who know in Israel, the high tech industry is a very well-known industry. Whoever wants to make money in Israel goes and works in high tech. I mean, unless you're selling your startup, you know, uh, uh, that's what you do. And that's what I had. When I first came to Israel, I was a single mom. I had two kids and I went for my corporate job because that was the safest uh, way for me to have a salary uh, every month. And yes, I was in high tech with all the advantages and the car and the phone and the computer and which, by the way, it's a very enviable position for a new immigrant, right? Like huh. the fact that you were even able to get the corporate job in high tech as a new immigrant, it's already like, wow. Yeah, definitely. And I have to say that I'm originally from France, but having lived in the States for many years, I was completely bilingual in English and still am, as you can hear. I mean, if you hear an accent, it's from, uh, uh, you know, me being from France. And so having the English really, really helped. And I think that Anglos that come to Israel uh, really have an advantage because uh, global companies are looking for English speakers. And when you are in positions like I was, marketing, business development, customer service, I was all those positions are front facing. Uh, this is definitely an advantage. And yes, I was very lucky. I'm not uh, very grateful for those years of having, uh, you know, a corporate job. However, I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always knew that really? yes, this was part of my plan all along. Uh, but like I said, I was a single mom and I knew that I couldn't and manage uh, two little kids and have my own business. And so I patiently waited until my youngest uh, turned 18. Actually, I even planned this in advance because I went for my MBA uh, when she turned 16. I was like, okay, I'll get my MBA, you know, while I'm still in my corporate job. And then uh, after my MBA, I started my uh, first uh, business 11 years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. And that was a consulting firm. And I have to say that it all started at the time. I didn't know what it was called, uh, but it all started for my need for purpose. At the time, I was just saying that I didn't like what I was doing. That was, the, you know, those were the words I was using. Mm -hmm. I, I was like, I need something else. I need something more. But really, I think I was already looking for my purpose. I knew that there was something else than, you know, going to work for another uh, company. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, like, I'm very grateful I had those eight years where I could support my family. And it was interesting and challenging. And there's nothing wrong with working in corporate. But I think that when you're looking for something more, you're looking to leave your mark, you're looking to have an impact, you're looking to have your voice uh, heard, uh, it's difficult to have it, you know, through the corporate uh, world. And so, but I, yeah. did, I did get my, uh, my challenge was to be uh, in the board of directors of this, you know, high tech company. And I was the only woman in that board. And that was my, I was like, okay, mm. this is, I'm going to be the only woman there. And once I had reached that point, I was like, okay, now I can leave. It was kind of a an inner challenge that I needed to be. Yeah, because it's a very men, I mean, you know, it was, it was 11 years ago, so maybe things have changed. But at the time, 
I was the only woman in the room. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't easy. Yes. Wow. But you, but you wanted to achieve that. And then once you achieved it, it's like, okay, I can now go to pursue the other dream, the bigger exactly, one. Exactly. Exactly. It was like, okay. And, and it wasn't, I mean, I, uh, again, you know, 10 years is a long time. So I didn't have the self-confidence that I have now. Uh, and uh, I did feel like, okay, you know, I need to make my, you know, uh, to make my, my place in this room and then to have my voice heard. But I knew that I had to be, I'm a very independent, very creative I have, I'm sure like, you know, all entrepreneurs, a lot of ideas and, uh, and I needed to have my own thing. And so it was obvious for me that I would be an entrepreneur at some point. You know, it's interesting the way you described it, because very often we're in this state where we are in our zone of competence. Like there's no doubt that we're good at our job and we're doing like, we're excellent in the zone of excellency, like really. But then there's that thing that we're like, but, but I have a zone of genius, right? Um, and I think it's Guy Hendricks who coined these terms. So, I, and maybe it's not. So I forget, forgive me if I don't, but they're not mine. Um, and then there's this thing that you felt, no, 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 but there's more to me. And there's nothing wrong, by the way, like you said, to be in that zone of excellence until it's the right time. Cause sometimes it's a little bit demonized in the entrepreneurial work world. And I want to temper it a little bit, right? Like, I, although I'm a very big, like, no, you got to go for the purpose, for the meaning. But sometimes, you know, situations are that, like you said, we have a, a plan sort of. And, you know, you had, you knew what you were going for. And it, then the timing was a little bit better. Your, your children were older. Maybe you had you built yourself a little bit of financial runway before you went on your own. No, that, as a single mom supporting my kids by myself, uh, there was no room for uh, savings. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because when you are working in corporate, you know, they do put money away for you. Right. So, so there was some kind of savings, which I immediately invested in my MBA because it was an executive MBA, which was very expensive. So oh, they like- weren't paying for it. <laughs> oh man oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been a good story but no they weren't but I have to say that you know as a business mentor myself I mentor you know women uh and I also see how they struggle with priorities right mm-hmm. you have the little kids sometimes or sometimes it's you know the big family or sometimes it's the the husband's career who is a priority and I always say that you have to manage priorities. I mean, yes, I'm all for being an entrepreneur and I'm all for, all for being fulfilled and realizing your dream. But sometimes it's not just the right time. And sometimes you just have to put pause and say, maybe I'll take two years to take care of my kids and I'll come back. Or, you know, you, you have to also be honest with yourself and not, you know, just go for it. So I, I agree with you that there is a whole industry of people saying, yes, open your business. It's great. And, and you have to be careful with that because not everyone is ready. And like you mentioned, you also need to have financial backup. Uh, and so, yes, you have to be smart about knowing when it's the right time. And when you know that you're going to do it, it's just a matter of when it's not a matter yeah. of, right. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a delicate balance, right? It's a delicate balance because on the other hand, we don't want people to hold themselves back either right. and right. let their fears hold them back. So really, and I think that's really the place where a good mentor, a good coach can really help you see your blind spots and where you're literally holding yourself back and claiming to be like doing the practical thing right and and also when you really need to you know hold back um yeah so it's a delicate balance but it's nice it's nice that we addressed it i think it's important for people to hear it and and not feel like oh i'm a loser if i'm not starting my business no it's okay it's okay it's like natalie said 
it's a matter of when, right? right. It's exactly. really a matter of when. Exactly. And it's, so, so you jump in. So first of all, I mean, I'm sure around you, there were naysayers because here you are after you have this wonderful job, you have the MBA, you're now sitting at the board and you decide to go on your own. It's a big risk. And mind you, behind the scenes, I don't know who else knew this, but you just told us you didn't really have that much financial runway. Um, so I'm sure around you, maybe perhaps your family, your close friend, circle of friends, people were skeptical and yet you did it. So talk to us about that fear now that we're in this delicate balance. Talk to us about that fear and that pit in that within that pivot. It's funny because I, I'm sure they did, but I don't remember. Oh, good. That's <laughs> no, a good sign. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I was so convinced and mm-hmm. I was so like living, you know, it wasn't even the dream for me. It was obvious. It was like, I don't even think that I let anyone yeah. Uh, tell me, you know, tell me anything. I don't even think there was room for it. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's the way to do it. I'm just saying I'm trying to remember. I mean, yes, I had my close value. Sure. You know, financially, are you sure? Yes. I mean, those, you know, natural questions, but it was something that was so obvious for me uh, that I needed to do that. I was just like, what? Of course, you know, yeah. 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 And, you know, maybe there is a, a little, you know, also you, you don't really know what you get yourself into, you know, you just, yes. You want the dream, you want, I mean, for me, it was so important. I, I want to say also that though during that time when I wasn't yet, uh, you know, uh, you know, an entrepreneur or having my own business, I was so consumed by those questions of purpose and meaning, hmm. which at, at some point I started calling Born to Do, which is the name of my business, Born to Do I Business. Love- and, uh, and I, I was, I, I mean, it was something that was so difficult for me. And I have to say, it wasn't like the, you know, pinky, happy, you know, what you say, oh, I was looking for my purpose. It was something that was very deep for me. I couldn't, you know, sleep at night. I would wake up in the morning was like, I, I know there is something. I know there is something else. And so when you have this eating you inside and that you you can't, it's not something that you say, oh, maybe I'll open my business. It wasn't even in terms of opening a business. It was what is my born to do? What mm-hmm. am I here for? Why? 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 I mean, I get up every morning. I go to work. Why? Like, where do my time goes? And those questions were very existential for me, not just a matter of a career choice. And so I think that the people around me knew that. And it was so obvious that I, I had to look for something. Now, it took me time to find this born to do. I'm not going to say that it's something that you find right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that uh, when you have that question, it's not even a question of do I open my business or not is more like, what do I do with my life? Like, yes. How do yes. I serve? I can totally relate. Yeah. It's like, you know, you want to create more impact and it's like, okay, I need to listen to the cues. I'm listening. You become very sensitive. Like, where is Hashem leading me towards? Because I know I'm meant for more. And I think, you know, when you see, you say you don't remember um, naysayers and things like that, but the way you spoke, it's like you hit the nail on the head, even by the way you, you answer that, because when people perceive a level of commitment and conviction that it sounds like that's what you had, you, you were committed to this not perhaps knowing the entire road ahead, we never do. But it's like, okay, like nobody get in her way. <laughs> yeah, it was more like that. I mean, after that, you know, being an entrepreneur, I mean, I'm now I say I've been 11 years in business. But as you know, there are ups and downs. And it's a bumpy mm-hmm. road. And right. and you have transitions and you have do I go this way? Do I go that way? And yes, people around me at some point or another would say, well, maybe you should go back to a job. Maybe you right. should go back 
your, you know, safe corporate. And, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, maybe. And then half a second later, it's like, no, never, never. And it's like, so, so, I mean, I want to say, and it's important, I think, to be authentic about this because we hear a lot of success stories and like overnight success. And, you know, I woke up and I had money in the bank and all those things. And, and I don't think it happens like that. It really doesn't. It happens with a lot of ups and downs and a lot of failure also and a lot of mistakes. And, uh, and I think that that's also what I say to my clients. Like when you fail, that's the best the best test for you to know are you on this on the on the right quote unquote there's no right or wrong but on on your path yeah, are you on yeah. your path yeah. because because if you if you fail and you get up then and you continue that's the right path if you right. fail and you start you know wondering am i in the right direction then maybe you should really ask yourself that those questions and there's nothing wrong with that i think that you know i speak a lot about alignment and alignment is really being in the right place. And there's no one that can tell you this is your right place, not a job and not a business, you know, like just find your own alignment and listen to yourself yes. and said to the inspiration and to the intuition that, uh, that you might get. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is, it is a bumpy road. It's not, it, uh, yeah. And, and it's a lot of inner work. You just alluded to it. And I, I, I think we underestimate this piece, uh, how much inner work it's, I always say it's, <laughs> it's parenting and entrepreneurship. It's like the two greatest personal development experiences of your life, period. Right. Um, but I, I want to hone in on something actually, before I ask you the next question. So what happens next? You hand in your resignation letter. And then what? And then what? Well, actually, it wasn't a resignation letter. I had uh, like a red carpet because the company was going bankrupt. Oh, okay. Um, that was yeah. A good time to leave then. Exactly. So so it was just when I was in my MBA, the company was going, I was one of the last people that was helping to close the company. And so, so it was a very good uh, segue. And then I started having, you know, little gig on the side. I was a consultant. I started by being a consultant. And so I had a few clients. I remember even that while I was in my job, I was working, you know, in Israel, we don't work on Fridays, right? We work on Sundays. Uh, and so I was, I had clients on Fridays, you know, I oh, started nice. having clients on Fridays and I started. So it's not something that again happens overnight. Uh, you know, that you wake up and you have your portfolio full of clients, you know, it's something that happens, you have a contact, you have a connection. I remember doing a lot of strategic partnership, like with people that I knew I wanted to work with. And I knew I wanted to be together on that contract. And then, you know, so it really happened very, very slowly. Um, and then and then at some point, you start building up, you know, uh, your your business for yourself. Yeah, uh, but it's not some. It's not a, a straightforward line. <laughs> this is actually a very good piece of this story because not only is the financial runway piece, you know, having it whether we have it or not have it, but what you did build for yourself, which is also important, perhaps even more important, is you started building this business while you were employed. And I think sometimes we don't realize how much that entrepreneurship, that building our personal brand, that can get us so far. Build. There's no reason why we can't be creating that as we are sitting on our biweekly check, you know, um, right? Like it's totally fine. And it's actually a very smart move because that's also how you discover what kind of people do you like to work with? What kind of work? Um, what lights you up? It's, it's a discovery process and you're setting up yourself to have those clients if and when you decide to leave. Right. And I, I mean, I think in my case, being that I started as a, as a business consultant, 
uh, it was really easy to do because it doesn't, you know, you could take time whenever you want. I mean, unless, you know, except for the meetings with the clients, uh, I wasn't in coaching and I wasn't in online programs and I wasn't where I am today, which is very time consuming. I don't think I could have, you know, done all that at the time. It was having a few consulting clients, uh, and, and consulting has, is very flexible because mm-hmm. it's really your experience, your expertise that you sell. And, uh, and yeah, I think that starting in any case, even when you start your business, you're going to start with one client after the other, right? So, right. so I think that, uh, it's very smart to, to manage the transition, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So over the last 11 years, you've been working with entrepreneurs. You've been mentoring entrepreneurs. What are some of the common themes that you've seen you would address, you've seen and you've addressed in your work, Natalie? Wow. That's a, that's a good and huge question. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many themes here. Let's see. So many things, things, that, things well, that stand out. I started, like I said, I started as a consultant. Mm-hmm. And as a consultant, it was more about the strategy, the expertise, the experience of the content. And people, you know, when you come to them and you offer them a good strategy, you know, apparently I was good at what I was doing. People would say, yes, yes, yes. Great strategy. Love it. Yeah, perfect. And then you come back two weeks later. Have you it done anything? Implement. Right. Have you done anything? Uh, no, we didn't have time. Forgot the thing. Forgot the email. Didn't find the thing. And I was like, and this was happening a lot. And I was... Right. That's naive at the beginning. I don't know if I was naive or I just didn't have the experience. I thought you have a good strategy. It makes sense for you. Why not implement it? Right. And And this is where the mindset piece comes in, the personal growth piece that we were just talking about. Exactly. And that's when I realized that I also needed to work on my mindset, first of all, to discover my work on myself. Mm-hmm. And then I needed to add a piece, which is where I brought in the coaching, which is where mm-hmm. I brought in the mindset, which is where I brought in that if you have beliefs that are going to stop you, you just spoke about the fears before, or if you don't you know, believe in yourself, or if you think that, oh, forget it, this is never going to work, the best strategy could be sitting in front of you and you are not just going to do it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that. And I was like, I was going, I remember from one meeting to the next every two weeks and then nothing was happening. And so that's when I started with my programs. That's when I started taking more the holistic approach of a business of an entrepreneur. And that's also where I decided, you you said you understand more who you want to work with. I understood that I didn't necessarily want to work with small and medium companies, which were the the clients I was working with as a consultant and more with uh, entrepreneurs, with solopreneurs, with people that were starting their business by themselves because I, I had direct access to the person who is making the decisions, but also to the person who can or cannot work on their mindset. And so so that's how I created those programs where it's not only the strategy, which is very important, but there is also the learning part. And there is also the, the mindset part. And there is also the accountability part and the implementation part. And so the program became like a holistic approach to business entrepreneurs where you come in and you have all those needs. I remember like putting the entrepreneur in the middle and saying, okay, what does an entrepreneur need? And then drawing circles around and saying, okay, they need this, they need that, they need this. And then creating a program that really gives everything that an entrepreneur needs. And then it grew also with time. Today, my program also evolved and it's a, a different level because I only work with the entrepreneurs that are scaling. I don't work with entrepreneurs that are either beginning or growing. And so to answer your question, the things that I see 
in the growth of a, of a business in the life cycle of a business mm-hmm. is that once you you have an idea okay you go for it good then you want to have more clients great more marketing more selling more visibility great and then overwhelm yeah <laughs> yeah and then overwhelm and then i don't know where to start i have too many clients well we never have too many clients but i don't know where you know how to deal with all that how to deliver i don't know how to organize my time how to set priorities and that's where i really come in because right. the strategy needs to be leveraged the positioning needs to be leveraged the pricing the offering everything needs to be leveraged because we have an entrepreneur who already knows that they're good at what they do that they're like you said in their zone of brilliance and they need now to I would, I'm going to say to, to behave like a real business owner. Right. Like, right. We, they need to scale. They need to scale, but there's growing pains at that point. You validated your offers. You know, you have a client base. You have something great going for you, but it's like taking that next leap. There's a next. So there's, there's the beginning growing pains of just starting out. And then, like you said, you hit this point where it's like scaling. Yes. Exactly. And I find that if we talk about zone of brilliance, that's my zone of brilliance because mm-hmm. I bring in the strategy, which is the next level strategy and the coaching, which is, okay, let's hit, you know, a new level, new devil, you know, yeah, like how do you, for sure. Okay, you might have the clients, you might have the revenue, you might have a lot of things that are checked, but you need to get to the, to become the CEO, to hire your team, to create the systems and to be there for the long run and to mm-hmm. be the marathon. Yeah. And that's something that entrepreneurs don't necessarily know how to do because they love to go from one idea to the next, from one bright, shiny object to the next. And so that is really uh, my zone of genius where I know how to take company uh, business owners that already sometimes have teams, sometimes already have systems, and to really put them on the track of scaling that is you know, going to be for the long run. And I find at that point also, it's funny that we're in, having this conversation. So I just spoke about this on Friday's episode, Ask Yael, that I find that at that point, there's also this, this, we need to invest in our businesses at a bigger level. And that brings all sorts of, again, money beliefs and money, you know, all the stuff comes up where we're not, we don't know how to do that. We've never done that. And then we have beliefs about going into debt for our businesses or things like that, that could really be holding us back big time um, if we actually could expand our mindset and understand what is investing for our business, which is, again, like you said, we're in it for the long run. If we, we had that long-term vision, then we would see that it's a no-brainer to make this investment, right? Because it's going to get me very quickly to where I want to be. Right. And I see this happen all the time where at that point, entrepreneurs really hold themselves back and keep themselves very, very small and very overwhelmed to the point of almost burnout when this yeah. could have been Again, something that they were in it for a very, very long time, really shining, right? So talk, do you see that too? Well, what I see is that as long as you're in the launching and the growing phase, you need to count on your expertise and what you know how to do, your gifts or your knowledge or whatever you're selling. Even if it's products, it's your knowledge of selling products and your expertise. And you're relying on this and that's fine because mm-hmm. you're delivering what you know how to do. But once you get to the scaling stage, you need to know how to run a business. Yeah. 
And that's another set of skills and that's another set of expertise that you cannot make up. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I, I speak to my clients and sometimes, and I love that we, you know, there are a lot of business coaches out there and it's great because we need as many coaches as possible. People need help. But sometimes you have those business coaches that know how to do the marketing and know how to do the selling and know how to do more visibility on social media, but they're not building a business. They're not creating the infrastructure of the business. And, the, and mm -hmm. there there's, no other way. That's why you cannot take a shortcut. At some mm -hmm. point, you're going to have to create a business. You're going to have to have an infrastructure. And what you just said, which is the fear of investing and the fear of moving forward, is the fear of any CEO. Right. And that's what a real CEO has to face. Yeah. And not just, where do I find my next client? That's a sales Right, problem. right, right. This is Right, right. It's where do I find the capital to grow this area of the business that needs to grow exactly. ASAP because the market is demanding it. That's a real or, CEO. Or, or how do I do my financial projections right. so that I know that in three years I will make back and more the money. Exactly. That exactly. Or how do I hire the person who's going to allow me to leverage my time so that what I do is paid much more and that and what she does is going to be you know, allowing me to be much more uh, profitable in my business, but I need to take the money out and to hire someone. Right. And right. then you need to have the long picture. And that's why you also have less businesses that get to the scaling stage. That's yeah. just, but that's okay. But those who do, they need the help of someone to really structure it as a real business to, in yeah. order to be a real CEO. Yeah. Yep, a hundred percent. You're speaking my language. I love this. I knew this was going to be a great conversation. <laughs> so, th so then, how did we, how did we get to the nonprofit, to the global network for Jewish women entrepreneurs and leaders? That was during COVID, right, Natalie? Um, yes. what, what was that about? Well, this is like a, it's a crazy journey, I have to say, because it's something that when I look back, I understand what happened. But while I was in it, I wasn't in the driver's seat. That's it. I'm just like saying the truth. <laughs> I mean, now I can see where it was going. But when it happened, I was like, okay, this is going somewhere. I don't know where it's going, but I'm just going along for the ride. And so the story is that it did happen during COVID after a very successful challenge that I had, a 21-day challenge. It was just when everyone was inside, uh, you know, in, in um, they, you know, when we couldn't go out of the house and everyone was... Uh, uh, lockdown. Getting, lockdown. Yeah. I was looking for, I was the word in Hebrew, uh, was coming up and, um, and everyone was at home, you know, not knowing what to do. It was the first lockdown and we had this. And I just said, we have to do something. I had this Facebook group with a few hundred people. And I think I did almost like something like what I'm doing now, which is I said, we're going to do one interview a day. And I started also crowd, uh, you know, crowdsourcing to all the people that I know and said, let's just get together and inspire people and let's just have interviews and let's just, you know, do something because, and mm -hmm. I, I think I called it uh, reinvent your business or something like that. Like also because I saw this as an opportunity, people at home can really work on their business. They can really do things that they never have time to do. Right. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so I think I had also like 21 guests and it, it happened very organically and very naturally. And it was beautiful. And at the end of the challenge, like, okay, goodbye, end of the challenge. And it was, everyone was like, no, we're not stopping here. We need to continue. I was like, okay, what do you suggest? Well, let's meet once a month for a Zoom. Great. Let's meet once a month for a Zoom. And this group was really international, global uh, mostly women. It's funny because at that point I had to make a niche uh, decision where there were a few men that I had to say, 
sorry, we're only doing this for women. So it was, uh, it was awkward, but it was also me also making a strategic decision. And we started going on Zoom every month. And then I'm a business coach, right? So I monetize, right? A business model. I had hundreds of ideas for this. But every time an idea came, I was like, no, I need to keep it for free. No, I need to keep it for free. And I was like, and everyone was like, what? But you should monetize this. You have hundreds of women that come every month. How come you're not asking for a membership, making money out of it? There was this intuition that I needed to keep this for free. And this is where I allowed my real purpose to come out, which was I wanted to bring Jewish women together, but not only for business, but for Jewish identity, for leadership, Mm -hmm. for sisterhood, for connection. And I didn't know it. I was doing it, but I didn't know that this, I mean, I knew it at some level. I was like, yeah, one day I'll do this, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't really, you know, I didn't think it was. And so that's what happened. The group started to grow and grow. And people, I think, were attracted by this energy of it it was for business because it was networking and collaboration and strategic partnership. But it was also women that are not connected to their Jewish identity, that had other Jewish women to speak with, that had a connection with Israel, that could say, this is the first time I'm in a safe place where I could say Shabbat Shalom at the end of the Zoom, you know. You know, things like, or I don't know how to respond to my colleague who is, you know, making anti-Semitic uh, statements and all kinds of things that are so important for me. Uh, I thought on a personal level, uh, but finally the personal and the professional, they always connect. And so then after three years, actually it was two and a half, I said, that's it, we need a nonprofit. This is a mission that goes way beyond business women that are connecting this is a mission where we're connecting to jewish identity we're creating feminine leadership uh we want those women to be able to go back to their communities and to be able to give back and to share and so and and the best proof of this is that as soon as i just said who wants to join me i had so many people wanting to join as mm-hmm. a volunteer uh, and so today, that's what we are. Today, we're like a group of all together. I think we're close to a hundred volunteers because we have a board of advisor, we have ambassadors, we have chapter leaders, and people keep on saying we want to help, we want to be part of this movement. So I'm like, okay, this is way beyond my small business. This is right. a nonprofit that has to serve on a collective level, and you know, I'm allowing it to happen, mm-hmm. but we're all doing it together. Such a beautiful initiative. And it's, it's, you know, so you said something that going back, we, we divided, you know, the startup stage and the scaling stage. You said something that really applies to what you just experienced, but you probably agree that applies to, well, it applies to every stage, but very, very often to very, very clearly to the startup stage. You said, I, I heard them. I asked, I, I asked them, what do you suggest? And I heard what they said. And I think it's important. We often miss this. Like, listen to your audience. Ask them, what do you want more of? Did you like this better or that better? Do you like it in blue or do you like it in green? Right. Right. And let them tell you. They will tell you and then cater to that. Right. And the, those, those are the messages because if we're here to serve them, then it's, then it's clear that we need to be listening to them. Very often we just want to do it our way. But if we opened ourselves and let the ego step back, right? Not saying don't lead. I'm saying lead with service, right? Which means you have to be very in tune to what the needs of your audience. And you've just demonstrated that you were really in tune with that and, and you led. 
um, and it took you to this place that's beyond what you had envisioned, possibly. I, I would even say more than that. I would say that sometimes your audience knows better than you what where you should go, meaning they they see in you something that you might not see because they they get the the energy level, right? The yeah. vibration gets something from you. And so if you come with your ego and you're like, okay, I'm going to make it a program or I'm going to make it a this, I'm going to, and, and listen, there's nothing wrong with doing that. I love business models and I love monetizing. Right. Uh, but, but what, what sometimes if you, if you can afford also, because it has been also three years of work and three years of investment and, and interesting, but this is where the mindset comes in. It's also when you're like, okay, alignment first. I'm always for alignment. I always for alignment. So when I was going inside myself and I was seeing that this was aligned, I had to believe that it was going to lead somewhere. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to lead that far that fast. I have to say, I have to be honest. I thought that it was going to be take some time and, but the way, I mean, now it's like going really, really fast and, and it could be it's because I let it happen. I don't know. I have to say also, we were talking about scaling and burnout and I did go through a burnout. Tell us. That was, that was, and, and I'm, I'm even thinking that it could be that it's connected the speed of the, of what's happening now, because I had to stop what I was doing. We were talking about the scaling. The reason yeah. why I call myself a scaling expert now is because I went through, I'm not going to say the worst because I'm sure there are worse, but right. I, went, I went through stages of bringing my business very high in terms of revenue in terms of number of clients in terms of employees I had seven employees at some point like really like taking it to where you think this is it right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. getting to the top of course there's always higher but getting to some level of top and uh and saying to myself mm, no this is not where I want to be wow. so the scaling is really tricky because you're being pushed, whether yeah. it's ego or whether it's what other people say or whether, you know, the, the industry, you know, the online, the online marketing industry is very, very powerful. I mean, I or the demands of the market, by the way, the demands of your clients. Mm -hmm. Right. But it could be that you're t being taken into some direction where you do more, 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 more. So I was really in the more. I was more hiring more, more systems, more revenue, more clients. And at some point I reach a point where no, it's not aligned with what mm -hmm. I really want to do. But it, it's, it's interesting that, that that's why I can look at it now looking back is that I don't think I could have seen that before. Right. Right. So, I mean, there is a question there, you know, you never, I mean, maybe yes, maybe no, but, but there is some mistakes that you have to go through. It's not even a mistake. It's a the challenge. It's, it's the challenge and the learning from the challenge. Okay. Now that I've built this, what are the parts about this that I'm feel completely misaligned and how can we backpedal a little and tweak, but we have to get there too, right? Yeah. Yes, 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 exactly. You have to get there to be able to say, and you know, this exercise, I don't know if this is the one you're referring to, and I don't have the reference either, but the exercise on the unique brilliance that I teach, and I probably have the reference somewhere, but the unique brilliance has two characteristics. One is that you would do it for free, and two mm -hmm. is that you never get tired doing it. Mm -hmm. So when you scale and you start getting tired, of course, we're all tired, of course, but I'm saying like tired that tired, like, like you want to break the, the like, business. Like you don't, you don't have the motivation right. to continue, not tired, you want to go to sleep. Right. right. And, and uh, so when, and, and if you wouldn't do it for free, of course, don't do it for free, but if you yeah. wouldn't do it for free, 
and you don't and you get tired from it then it's not the right direction but like mm-hmm. you said sometimes you have to get to that stage to be able to say that's not that's not exactly where I want to be and in scaling every direction takes you far mm-hmm. because you don't just you know have one other client you build a whole system and you hire three people right. so so then the consequences are you know proportionate so i had to go through this i'm not i'm not going to say i'm happy i went through it because it's never easy but the the i don't know if it's a coincidence i don't believe in coincidence but the growth of the global network happened when i decided to stop um, my direction so interesting yeah. interesting but you have kept your business you still have of course 100% i have, have fine tune it right so the, the the scaling, so the decision of working only with scaling business yes. came from that. that. Exactly. The decision of being a leaner organization, because I also did take business coaches and those business coaches that tell you to hire, 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 but without looking at all your financial projections. Okay. Yeah. So, yep. so, so I also, I'm working leaner now. And, uh, and I'm more focused. This is like what, I, what I'm doing is exactly what I want to do. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully in a year from now, you'll re-interview me and, you know, we'll have that same conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but it's, it's, um, I think that it's part, you were talking about growing pain. I, I think we can even call it scaling pain. Like yeah. It's the scaling pain that maybe you have to get to a point where you have to say, okay, let me back, you know, let me take a step back here. And, uh, and yes. And, and from that, time that I took because I did have to take time to reassess to work on my mindset to work on like what's happening here and the the idea of the nonprofit came from that that time that reflection wow so good the story is so good Natalie and I, I love that you've been so clear for people listening because you know, sometimes we get very confused and it's, it's, it looks, you know, there's a lot about entrepreneurship that there's like a mystique and there's like a whole thing, but this has been so clear. And I think it's very helpful for people to hear from the inside and also get the message that it's worth it, right? That journey and that challenge that teaches you something and, and you allow yourself to give the space for what really is the next move. And that's how the next move of the nonprofit comes. All of that is so worth it. Um, and I'm, I'm emphasizing this for the people who just like are so frozen in the, in the, uh, in the fear and right in the, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what step to take. Take a step, please. <laughs> just take a step. Yeah. Yeah. And, and remember what you said, which is it's the best personal development, right. uh, growth school. I mean, if you're right. in it, uh, to have shortcuts or, or easy solutions or fast, uh, stra- it's not going to work. But if, right. I mean, I always go back to the internal work when I yeah. see that something is not working, like, okay, let's look inside, but it, it takes time. I mean, I'm talking to you now after. Yeah. Okay? Of course. So, so it's, it's something that you can talk about after. While I was in it, I don't think I would have spoken about this like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's also knowing that, okay, now I'm in the period where I need to go inside. I need to understand what's happening. And in a few months from now, I'll go back out and I'll tell my story. It's actually, it's my, my daughter actually told me uh, that she said that. She said, you know, while I was going through it and she saw how difficult it was like, one day, one day you'll tell that story. You'll see one day it will be a story. It's interesting nice. that she 
she's not from the business world, of course, but uh, she was already seeing that it's okay. It's only, uh, she's 27, right? So, so she, uh, <laughs> and she was the one telling me one day you'll share this and it will be also part of your story. So yes, yes, there you go. And a good one too. I think one of the, the internal work, something that comes up, um, and I wonder if it comes up for you and your work with women and with clients, um, is this attachment to the money piece that also, that also, it, it also backfires because sometimes we're so attached to, well, this is how I'm going to get my money. Right. And so, so I'm, I'm like, meaning the attachment to the result, right. And the result meaning in the bank account that almost doesn't let us move creatively or strategically because, or even slow down if we need to, because we we're so attached to that check and if we can take a step back and realize your business is just a beautiful vessel, just keep doing it because it's the good thing to do. The right thing to do is how you shine, how you bring impact and just stay. Don't fall for the trap of I need it because of the money. I think that's a big one, right? Like I need that client. I need to close that deal. No, 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 no. How about you just keep working and don't disattach yourself from that result. Yeah. It's not easy, but right. it's so important. Yeah. And I think it's what we're talking about, the corporate mindset. I think the corporate mindset is still, you know, money at the end of the month. And so if I have my, you know, whether it's a revenue or a salary, or if I don't have that money, something is not going to happen. I think that you can continue for a while to have that mindset. But at some point, I mean, you know, I always take the example of startups, right? Uh, startups that raise millions of dollars and have no way of knowing if they're going to be able to either pay back or bring right. the return investment to their investors. They have an idea. They believe so strongly in this idea that they're ready to put $3 million, like to ask for three or whatever, 20 or a hundred. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that is the belief of an entrepreneur that mm-hmm. it's not like, Oh, I'm not. And sometimes they work for years in R and D you know, seven, eight, 10 years before they even make the first revenue. So I'm not saying not everyone is built for that type of business model because it is a very specific business model and only 2% of the startups really, you know, succeed. But I'm just saying that if we get inspired by that vision and that belief that I'm what I have is worth it, then we're going to go through ups and downs. And you spoke about loans. Yep. And I think it's a big a fear around loans that is not a private loan is not a business loan. A private loan is money thrown out the window. A business loan is an investment so that you can create more money. I always say it's a money making machine, right? Because you're bringing money exactly. in, come out with more money, and that's cash flow. And you don't have a money problem; you have a cash flow problem. So exactly, it's, it's all those mindsets that you need to go through between the growing and the scaling. And again. People that are not going to go to the scaling stage are people that, like you said, are waiting at the end of the month for the paycheck. Mm-hmm. I love that you made that distinction. I, I I hadn't thought about it, but it's so clear to me now. Yes, it comes from that 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 fixed paycheck mindset, right? That that we have to we have to eradicate. It's almost like you have to eradicate it in order to really get to that next level of scaling. Yeah, because once you do that, you're going to probably make more money. A hundred percent. Your monthly paycheck. You're, you're uh, going to make more money. You're going to increase your prices. You're going to uh, go for the exact clients that can pay you. And, and maybe you're going to skip a few months, which is okay, because the next few months are going to be much bigger in revenue. Exactly. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's all a exactly. numbers game. 
Exactly, exactly. Natalie, you said at the beginning of the interview, I always knew I wanted entrepreneurship. However, you were trained to go into corporate, you went into corporate, you even got the MBA, right? What was it? What were the things about your upbringing as it pertains to making a livelihood, money that stand out in your memory as good lessons that served you, maybe even some lessons that eh, I, I I could do without those, perhaps Um, anything that comes that stands out because so much happens in the home we grow up in, right? So, I mean, I'm listening to you and I'm like trying to go through the whole like, where did it start? So uh, at home, I cannot say that we had like an entrepreneurship, uh, you know, culture. That's not mm-hmm. uh, where where I came from. Uh, but interestingly enough, my father was a consultant at some point. Mm-hmm. And I know that this was something that I was really admiring. The word, it's interesting how you can have like a belief around something and, uh, and then, you know, and then it's like you see it totally differently, you know, after. So that, that was interesting. Uh, but I think that I had to really, really work hard on my mindset because yeah. the starting point was not, uh, I even, I'm going to say even more than that. I had to make myself aware that there was such a thing as mindset mm-hmm. <laughs> before working on the mindset, because uh, I wasn't brought up with, um, I think like most of us, I think it's a new generation thing. I think most of our parents were not as much as we are into personal development and didn't. Oh, have no, no. <laughs> Just I mean, hopefully- the good degree got the good job. Like what? Yeah. Personal development, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, hopefully the next generation will talk differently about us. But, uh, but I know that, you know, it wasn't the type of environment of, you know, you work on yourself or you work on your mindset. It was more like you go to college. Yeah. You go to college, you get a job. And, uh, you know, I was going even for, I was a teacher. I was going for education. So, so that was like a whole different, uh, you know, career and path. Uh, but then it was actually when I was in between my growing and, um, and scaling stage that I myself went to a program and, to, and took a business coach. Uh, and she was the one who actually opened up the idea that the personal work that you and I are talking about now, and that was like six years ago. Uh, but that was like a really aha moment for me. Mm-hmm. That was like, I think that that jump because it was a very expensive program. I have mm-hmm. to say it was a real investment and I don't know how I had the gut to say, this is what I need. It was like either I jump into an expensive program or I'm going to turn in rhino in circle. Yeah. 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 You invested in yourself and that's what that, that's what you, you know why you got the results because you took that, you went yes. out of your comfort zone and you did an investment bigger than you'd ever imagined. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, uh, and so, you know, going back to your story, to your question about the, the, the mindset, how it started, I think that, um, I didn't have, I did, you know, when you say you don't know that you don't know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like sometimes you, you know that you don't like, okay, one day I'll look into it. And, and some things you don't even know that you don't know. So I didn't even know that it existed. I mean, I knew about personal development work and I had been in therapy and, and my personal, you know, side of my life. But I, I, I thought business is work, you know. Yeah. This is so, revenue and profit. <laughs> what else is there? Marketing, you know, my problem <laughs> is I don't know how to post on social media. Ooh, I have a big problem, you know. Uh, I mean, that was the, the extent of what I thought. And then when I realized that it was so deep, it was actually good news for me because I, I felt that 
I could, I, I mean, not that we can have control over our mindset, but at least we know where to start. At least yes. it's a starting point where you can, you know, pull up the, the thread and like, you know, say, oh, okay, it's because my parents spoke about money like that at home. Oh, okay, now I understand. Oh, okay. So I'm not saying I've cleared all of my money blocks and all of my mindset, but at least I know where to look. And I know, you know, where, how to tune myself in and how to, and how to work on this. And I've seen the results. I really have. Like, you know, once I've done some work, I've seen the results and I can say it as, you know, results money in the bank. Yeah. Not the yeah. results, uh, you know, nice to have. So, I think it's yeah. important. Yeah, it is very quantifiable. Uh, and that's been my experience too. Like I can literally quantify the results of really good coaching that has allowed me to break through different revenue ceilings. And yeah, totally. Definitely. definitely. And seeing things that I didn't even know existed. And, right. and I mean, the way I look at it, and you'll tell me, you know, if this is what you see too, is that everyone has money blocks and everyone- 100%. I mean, it's like the person that said that they don't, it's, uh, I think that we all have, and, and that's the only thing that, that I think is separating us from our next level in revenue. You know, it's yeah. like, because money is there, abundance is here, people are, I mean, everything is here. And especially, I feel so grateful. I mean, I started my business when we didn't have what we have today. I yeah. mean, we had emails, we had internet, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we didn't have, you know, even, even WhatsApp wasn't that common and even social media. And today I feel like we have so much going for us. We have so much technology and so much awareness and so much readiness. People are ready to say, yes, I want to invest in myself. That I think it's almost like just, you know, picking the fruit from, from yep. the tree. So it's yeah. about, are you going to be able to raise your hand or not? Like, you know, it's only that. So yeah. I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. Beautiful. Natalie, any habits that you practice regularly that you feel help you with your business or your financial life? I'm always curious. Journaling. I know it's a common mm -hmm. one, but uh, I know, but it's something when, so I have my morning routine and I'm not going to say like times like this with a, an online summit and all that. I'm not a hundred percent. But I have my morning routine and, and, uh, and when I do it, it's about meditating and journaling in the morning. Wow. And I find that the mornings are just amazing because it's just like a new page opens. And mm -hmm. but, I mean, personally, when I wake up, I always have that time where all of those ideas come up and I see things and I'm like, you know, the visions. Um, keep on coming. And so when I, when I take my notebook and I write down journaling, uh, I, I feel like this is the way for me to open, you know, the day for high vibration for everything is possible. And it could be that I have a very, you know, simple day, like nothing amazing is going to happen. Uh, but it's just that I, I put my ideas on paper. I let, they exist because I put them on paper. Yeah. They exist. I can, I can very much relate. And it, I feel like it's not just the good ideas and the ideas that I get, but also a lot of the clutter, a lot of the stuff just goes on the paper. So now it's out of my mind. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. Right? Yes, definitely. The, the journaling and the meditation, I don't do, I used to do meditation every day. And mm. I have to say that it's really magic. I mean, for me, it works. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to, like everyone, I guess, have to be more disciplined about that. Right. Uh, but, but I also, there's another thing that I do is I, I listen to not necessarily podcasts, but people like, um, Eckhart Tolle, you know, the power of now, 
uh, Esther Hicks, you know, mm-hmm. Abraham Hicks. So I listen to that because it's like putting myself in the right vibration. It's just like, yeah. even, even if I do something else, or even if I just like to be in that energy, because those words or, you know, what they speak about are really putting, like, it's, it's taking me away from the hustle of, of every day and opening up new, um, possibilities yeah and it's it's nice that this circles us back straight to the the network right the global global network because sometimes we forget that the benefit of being in a room on a on a recurrent basis exposed to possibilities that we on our own cannot see right even listening to this conversation is planting the seed for people to see something that they might right and when you do this consistently and you're in a room with people who've done it bigger, better, who've made different turns. Wait, that turn can be made? I never even knew that road existed, right? There is an, it, it, it's, it's a priceless benefit. Definitely. Right? Definitely. And I think that that's the food for the soul that we need as entrepreneurs. And I'm going to say, especially women entrepreneurs. Yeah. Because we learn from connection. Mm-hmm. We learn from energy, from vibration, from intuition. I mean, we can, I mean, you know, yes, I did my MBA. Okay. You know, so, so did I, and I feel the same way. Okay. 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 <laughs> so it's done. You know, okay. I can say I have an MBA, but when I have those experiences with, you know, like a sisterhood or a connection with women in the same room and that I feel that we're all on the same page, it doesn't mean that we're all the same, but we're here for the same purpose and we connect and all of a sudden ideas happen and, and you feel your brain is expanding and your soul is like, you know, out of body experience. You know, it's like yep. and those and those things are priceless. I mean, that's. Yep. And by the way, it wasn't happening in the halls of those MBA programs. At least not, <laughs> at least not when you went or I went. Sometimes I, I sometimes I want to go teach at an MBA program just to see if things have changed a little bit. Like I'm really hopeful. <laughs> but oh I don't think that's true. <laughs> oh, I mean, I was so disappointed. And then people kept on saying, no, but it's for the networking. You'll get oh. good relationship. But no, because you know why? Because we were seven women uh, over 40 plus uh, students. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, and yeah. and it's not, and it's not networking because the spirit is not collaboration. The spirit is oh. competition. So it just doesn't work. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. that's why I mean, programs, you know, the online programs or whatever you feel like, you know, something that's aligned and you have like-minded people and you have a right balance of energy and mindset yeah. and the network. That's that's also the goal. That's also mm-hmm. the goal. I mean, that's the primary goal is to bring women together. We were just on the the last guest of the um, online the leadership summit was talking about how the redemption is going to come from women. Uh, you know, doing things together and collaborating. And she, so she, said, she said the most beautiful thing. So that you're leading the way uh, for women to, uh, to lead to redemption. And, and I have that strong intuition. I really do. I really do feel that everything I do is to rebalance the feminine with the masculine. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is, and again, I'm not talking about men and women because. No, no, no. The energy for sure. Exactly. And, uh, but I do know that it's going to come through women though. It is going to come through women and, uh, and putting all this energy, like when we have the global network once a month, it's on Zoom and everyone comes out saying, wow, there's an amazing energy in those meetups and, and planning now for the conference in January in person in Jerusalem. 
I mean, I have my heart is going like. I'm gonna come with my tambourine ready, people. <laughs> it's of course, of course, exactly. We're going, we're going from the conference straight to the base of Mikdash. <laughs> I mean, it's in Jerusalem, right? So, exactly. Uh, exactly. So, I mean, that's also why I want to do it here. But uh, it's uh, no, it's 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 a it's an amazing journey, and and I'm so what what I'm so grateful for is when I see that it's resonating with so many women. That is that is really because you know you you can have an idea, you can have a vision, and okay, you have a vision. But when you and I remember in the beginning, I didn't even almost didn't dare saying the whole thing because I was like, people are going to be scared. You talk about seven, <laughs> you talk about redemption, you talk about, you know, people are going to move, you know, run away the from strategy me. master became woo woo. What happened to her? Exactly, exactly. Like I was like, oh my God, I'm a business mentor, you know, like, and, uh, and, and I, maybe because I'm, I was careful on how I was saying it. I don't know, but I, I started little by little. And then people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. And what you were saying before is that once you're aligned with yourself, you, you attract the, the people that, you know, feel the same or, or think the same. And so that's what I'm so grateful. Maybe it's the right timing. I don't know, but it's just happening. It's, it's, it's all of it. And it's the fact that it's not mutually exclusive. The truth is running a business also has so much to do with people who succeed in business have a commitment to something that's tangible. It's called values, right? They're not flaky. And I don't care what your values are, but we, you and I know what our values are, right? So, so again, we go back to this idea of personal development. It, it demands of you a real self discovery and you have to take a stand on something, right? And you have to say, this is what my business stands for because I'm behind this business. This is who I stand for. So what I stand for. So it's, it's, it's an incredible thing and you're doing a wonderful job. So before you tell us a little bit more about this summit, which I'm really excited about and I'm so grateful that I'm going to be one of the participants to tomorrow. Um, tell us, I want to do something really fun that I do at the end of every interview. And you didn't prep for it. So you're just going to have fun with this. And we're going to go with it. Okay, so this is Jewish Money Matters fill in the blanks. This is a part of the show where I give you an open ended statement, and you finish it with the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Okay. okay. When I give my sir or tzedakah, I like to give to Oh, women uh, organizations. Definitely. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. 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 Single mothers. Like when you say women. I have but... a sweet spot for Agunot. Mm, yeah. 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 I mean, enough said. Enough yeah. said. Yes. I'd love to make more money because. I want to do more good in the world. Yeah. Something I wish I'd learned about money growing up is. That there is enough money for everyone. Oh, yes. Can Can we just like. Can we put it on neon, neat, bold, neon? Like, seriously, people, <laughs> there's just plenty of it. Stop limiting God. <laughs> he has a big faucet of it. <laughs> Money, spiritual or physical? Spiritual. Something I splurge on unapologetically is? Again, sorry? Something I splurge on unapologetically is? You're going to have to define splurge. I have those oh. words, but I don't, I don't necessarily know. What oh. do you mean? So splurge is like, you know, like an extravagant, extravagant expense, let's say like something like you like, you know, th this is where I put money and I don't really check my budget. Let's uh, say if you, uh, if you will. Uh, oh, I see traveling. Oh, nice. You're an experiences person. Oh, yeah. That's, that's money well spent. Let me tell oh, yeah. you. I mean, traveling, I could have the money in the bank or not. I'm just doing it. <laughs> 
nice nice i'm lucky because i don't have the whole clothing and jewelry thing it doesn't do anything to me i mean i like to have nice clothing but i don't need the brand names right. i'm not car i'm not house i'm not i mean again i like nice things but you know i don't right. have the traveling ah, that is my i can nice 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 natalie spender or saver spender yeah me too have you have you changed that over time? Did you find you've become more of a saver, more disciplined over time? You said you said something earlier that I really agree with. You said that two things teach us in life, right? Our kids and our business. So what taught me to save is my kids. Like yeah. I, I know how to put money away for my kids. Right. That's that's what I've I've taught myself. Yes. I still have a long, uh, long, <laughs> way, to, I a long way to go, but I think, yeah, that if something motivates me to save is my kids, yes. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Today, I'm most grateful for? Oh, for being 50 years old. You're 50 years old. You look like you're 35. God bless. <laughs> Good for I'm really you. grateful for being 50 because, uh, I, I mean, thank you for the compliment. I, 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 t- I mean, it's also because of that that I can say that I'm grateful. Of course, if I would look all old, and <laughs> maybe I wouldn't say that. I don't know. But uh, I think that there is a point in life where you already know yourself and you yeah. already know what works, what doesn't work. And, and, uh, I don't know, there is a maturity. I mean, of course you can't short today, but like you can't say, I want to be 50 today, <laughs> but, but I'm happy. I'm happy where I am, you know, in that age. I'm, I'm really happy in that place. Yeah. It's such a great feeling to be at that point where you're just content in your skin, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think, I, I do think there's something that happens on the decade of the forties where you just, other other people's opinions don't matter you just feel so in alignment going back to your yeah. words right you get to that place where like oh yeah this is me like yeah, this is exactly. me and I'm, I'm happy being me yeah. I'm, I'm confident being me yeah it's it's actually a very beautiful thing and it's like you said it's nothing you have to go through your insecurities of your 20s and you know kind of the 30s to get to get there um so i'm i'm actually i'm glad that you said this because i'm approaching 50 in the next few years and and i'm i'm actually looking forward to more of what i've experienced this decade like if this is what i have to look forward oh i'm i'm good with that i i like i like the version of myself that i'm right, you know what I'm saying? Right. like i like what i've become exactly i think <laughs> that we're, i mean again we also live in a time where we you know we live healthier we take care good care of ourselves i mean I think 50 now and 50 and, you know, past generation is not the same, but today it's really like only taking only the benefit of all yeah. the hard work and, and just like, yes, of course there are still challenges and, you know, nothing is perfect, but it's more about like accepting yourself. And yeah. like you said, like whoever is not on board, it's okay. It's okay. Like, you know, it's, yeah, okay. It's, it's okay. okay. Yeah. It's not touching me as it used to touch me. Like I'm, you know, I'm a very sensitive, I'm very intense and, 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 Everything is very, you know, raw the way mm-hmm. I, and being 50 is like putting like a blanket of, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be so intense all the time. It's okay. Yeah. 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 And finally, I'm Natalie Garcon and I believe Jewish money matters because. I believe Jewish money matters because it can help bring uh, redemption. Yes. Amen to that. That is so true, by the way. You you must have been listening to this podcast. Yes, indeed. (laughs) 
people, I did not tell her to say that. <laughs> no, I mean, I really think so. I think it's that, if, you know, if we're here for something, at least we should uh, bring that, you know? A hundred percent. So Natalie, tell us about this incredible summit that's going on right now. Where can we sign up? What is it all about? Who is it for? Well, it's an amazing summit that I'm so happy that you are a speaker, one of 18 speakers. Uh, only women that are going to speak about Jewish values. Each speaker is bringing a Jewish value. And uh, the idea is really to raise consciousness around uh, leadership, around feminine leadership, uh, to have those important conversations that we need to have around the difference between, you know, between a masculine leadership and a feminine leadership, and to bring those Jewish values more at the center of our lives, because it's an amazing gift that we have that we take for granted, or maybe I do, I don't know, but we don't always appreciate that we have that huge history, that huge, you know, tradition that Jewish people went through so much, and we can just tap in that, mm -hmm. you know, that gift. And so it's really about bringing the different dimensions, the Jewish dimension, the feminine dimension, and the business dimension too, because uh, it's for women entrepreneurs and leaders. And uh, it's really to have those conversations and to prepare uh the the path for the conference in january so we start having those conversations and we start building I and mean, continue wow. building that community together yes wow so everybody stay tuned for this big conference this is going to be in january you don't want to miss it i'm sure i'm going to be letting everybody know about it and now for the summit you can also register right people can register and they can get replays if they register how does it yes. work so, so the lives are happening in the Facebook group. If you want to know more, you can look on Facebook, Global Network for Jewish Women Entrepreneurs and Leaders. Title, but when you put Global Network, it comes up. It comes and up and you just ask, ask to be admitted to the group, yes, right? Exactly. It has to be admitted. And then uh, once you register, I mean, we speak only about that in the group, so you can't miss it. And uh, and then once you register, you get the recordings if you can attend the lives. Beautiful. And you also get the gifts because every speaker is uh, offering gifts. So Yes. Uh, and it's yeah. a it's it's quite quite the group of speakers. Thank you, Natalie, so much. And one thing I want to reemphasize to what you said about the Jewish values and how this summit is all about these Jewish values. That when we really use use the word tap into, when we really tap and define what those values are and tap into them, we actually build better businesses. Yeah. So I think we need to remember that. I alluded to that before, but I just wanted to emphasize it again. We end up building better businesses, and that's what we want to do, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently, we have gentlemen in the audience here also. So thank you, Natalie, so much. Tell us where we can find you other than the Facebook group. If we want to connect with you, is there a website? Where do we connect with you? You can go to my website, nataliegarson.com. You can go on Facebook, Natalie Garson as well. And you can find me in the Global Network. And I have my podcast also, the Jewish Women Entrepreneurs Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. And that's where you can find me. Beautiful. And we'll be sure to put all the links to that. Thank you so much and continued, continued success. Thank you so much, Elle. It was a pleasure to be on your podcast. Thank so you. fun. Thanks to Natalie Garson for stopping by. You can catch her at nataliegarson.com. You can find her podcast, the Jewish Woman Entrepreneurs and Leaders podcast, wherever you're listening to this show. And of course, you can join her Facebook group, the Global Network for Jewish Women Entrepreneurs and Leaders. Be sure to head over to register 
for the Global Network Leadership Summit right there in the Facebook group. And you can also catch me there speaking about bringing Bitachon to your business, a relevant topic for all and one on which I deliver quite passionately, as I'm sure you've expected me to do. So go ahead, head over to that Facebook group, the Global Network for Jewish Entrepreneurs and Leaders to get dibs on that. Thanks again for being here. I am not going to be here Friday answering your questions as it is Erev Rosh Hashanah, and I'm sure everybody's going to be very busy, but I will be sure to be here next week. So feel free to send those in. You can always DM me. You can email me, yael at yaeltrash.com. You know where to find me. And a quick reminder that the doors are open to maximize the business masterclass with Joyce Asria and yours truly. And you can get $200 off when you enroll this week using the code 200 off. And I want you to move fast because we're running out of those gifts and they expire this Friday. So that's where do you do that? Where do you learn more? And where do you join this six month business mastermind and course the maximize experience the maximize masterclass you do that at yaeltrush.com forward slash maximize wasn't that easy? Yaeltrush.com forward slash maximize. I want to wish you everyone here in the audience and your families have a wonderful week and a sweet happy healthy new year replete with revealed blessings